want to welcome anybody who might happen to be possibly sitting in a deer stand watching online today. I know of at least one. So I thank you guys for, for, for coming today. It's a good day to be here. And it's a good day to worship the Lord. And I think we needed to hear that. Sometimes the devil throws a bunch of stuff at us. And we just got to know where the victory is. And you're in the right place, I believe, to receive that from the Lord today. Before we get started, we have, today is a, a, a special day. As you see all these boxes stacked up, a lot of you had a, a good part in helping. We're going to be loading those after church today. So if, if anybody that can, the, the trailer's already outside. It won't take long with a bunch of help. You know, many hands make light work. So if we could get help loading those. And I've asked Miss Jojo if she would come and pray over these boxes today. Okay, to my last uh, count, I think we are going to be sending about 440 boxes this year. So, and that's amazing. Yeah. And I just want to thank every one of you who've had a part in that, whether you have given uh, generously throughout the year with your donations of supplies or, or money or uh, money to help ship the boxes or your time in organizing or helping pack them the night of the party. Uh, it takes the whole body to send over 400 boxes. You guys know that, especially with the $9 per box of shipping. So we're, uh, I also want to thank you for being generous with that. Uh, we're looking pretty good on being able to ship them all. We could use a few more donations to kind of get our fund built up to start the next year. We always uh, look for supplies when they're at a good price so we can buy them, you know, for the 400 boxes. And next year, I'd like to see us do more. So uh, just want to thank you. Um, and let's pray over each of these boxes. Uh, we're going to send them out this week. Let's bow our heads. Father, uh, I just thank you that you have given us this opportunity to partner with you with Samaritan's Purse, where you're working, where you are going to the ends of the earth to reach every single person. You've reminded me this morning in many, many ways that there is not one person that is unimportant to you. There is not one person that is overlooked or unseen. Father, you see every, every person that you created. And we now ask you, as you're sending out these boxes, as we're sending them out this week, we're packing them up and taking them into the First Baptist Church. And, Father, then big trucks will be coming and then taking them to the collection centers across the United States. Father, we ask that every single box reach the exact person that you need to speak your love into, your hope, your purpose. Father, we just thank you that you have a plan for every single life that you're going to touch with these boxes. It might be a child that might touch their family, that then might touch their community. And Father, it's just never ending the, the effect of what one of these boxes can do in your kingdom. So we praise you and we thank you. 
that you are setting into motion now where each one of these boxes is going to go and the heart that it's going to touch and reach. And we praise you and we thank you for it. And I do ask you to bless all of the people in this body that help to accomplish this work in your name. We give you the glory and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. The, the title that the Lord gave me today is, What Are We Expecting from God? And I got to be careful, because this, this message could be taken wrong. And so a prayer I've been praying for the last few weeks is that it is received and presented well, appropriately, and in context. So as we dig into scripture today, I got a lot of them. I'm not going to expect everybody to turn to every one. But I'm praying and I'm believing, I'm expecting that what is heard today is from the Lord. And so I'm going to pray as we get started. Father God, I thank you for your written word. I thank you that it is alive and active in our life. And, and Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. I ask that you speak through me. I ask that it is your words, and I ask right now that everybody sitting in this room or watching online or maybe even hear it later on receives what you have for them right now, and I believe it is possible, and I know it'll be so. In the name of Jesus, amen. So what are you expecting from God? I asked my wife this. Uh, we were on our way uh, to an off-road event yesterday, and, and she was helping me kind of do some final notes or whatever as we were driving. And I said, so Heather, what do you expect from God? And I kind of stumped her a little bit. She's like, why are you asking me? You know, but, but she had the best answer that I want to share. Eternal life. We're going to get to it in a minute, but if you're a believer today... There's nothing wrong with being confident in knowing that you're going to heaven. Nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think it's a good thing. And in fact, if you're not confident of it, we need to do some prayer. We need to do some talking. Let's get you confident that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know where you're going. So she answered correctly, if you guys were wondering. She did a good job. <laughs> so the ultimate goal for today is to let the Holy Spirit move in our lives to get us to do some deeper thinking. By answering this question, what we are expecting from God, I think it's going to force us to consciously Decide what we believe. You know, there's a lot of times you hear, do you believe in God? Yes. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Do you believe you were saved? Yes. But you don't always hear, what are you expecting God to do in your life? Are you expecting anything from the Lord? See, sometimes it can come off a little overconfident. I have a tendency, especially in my younger years, to be overconfident. And the Lord has humbled me. So I try to stay humble because I joke around I don't like to be humbled. But today I want us to be bold. 
I want us to think deeply, hear from the Lord, and decide today what are our expectations of God. See, I feel we are in a time where Christians in America are going to have to decide what we believe. I don't think it's coming later on. I think it's now. And by knowing our expectations of God, it will force us to consciously think and decide what we believe. Because we're being bold about it. We're stepping out. And we know that we know that we know that we know. Acts 5.31, this is right after the, the, Peter and John were, were before the Sanhedrin and, and you know, they were, they were told not to talk about Jesus and they said, you know, really, we can't help it. <laughs> we, we know what we believe and we're not going to stop. You know, they did it respectfully, but they, they were bold. Acts 5.31 said, they, they came together and they were praying. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Did I got the wrong verse? Heather's shaking my head. Let me look. This is why it's always better just to read it out of your Bible. Not look at your notes. 431. Acts 431. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I want that for us. How powerful would that be if we physically felt these walls shaken? That camera started rocking. Because the Holy Spirit's presence was so strong and no one could deny it. That's what I want for Oakton. That's what I want for the Christians in America today. And you know what? That's what I want for my life. I want to feel that, that Holy Spirit's presence so thick that it's shaken. And I know that I know that I know that I know wherever I go, I will be speaking the word of God boldly. And see, I think there's a difference between being a little too confident and speaking the word boldly because you still got to do it in love. You still got to love on people. That's not my, you know, best gifting, but the Lord's working on me to love people. Whenever I had the opportunity to preach over at Liberal last year, I think for about two months I preached on perfect love never fails and perfect love drives out fear. Because the Lord was still working on me constantly. And he, he still is. But if we can speak the word of God boldly. In love. Anything is possible. And I believe that we can go to God. With request. And expect answers. And I believe that's biblical. So I broke it down into three different types of expectations. Now. There's probably more. Or maybe, you know, these could be combined into one. But this is kind of how I broke it down for today. First one is an ongoing expectation. An ongoing expectation would be a lot like we know that we're going to heaven if we're a believer. The second one is what we expect when we present our request 
to God. And the third one is how we expect God to answer those requests. Now I have a feeling that we may not get to that third one. If we don't, that's what we're going to be talking about at Carthage tonight. It's going to be a continuation, uh, you know, to be continued. I never liked those movies because I wanted to hear the end. But to be continued, uh, possibly at Carthage or not. We'll see how far we go. Expectations from God. I thought about this. Those of you that have spoke in front of people, you try to imagine who your audience is. You know, you talk different to, uh, you know, a bunch of elementary kids than you do some experienced adults, right? You guys understand this. So I thought about who my audience was today. And I tried to think of some critics that might not like what I had to say. So this is what I came up with. Knowing what you expect from God has a lot to do with our beliefs in God. We can go through, there's probably, I don't know, 20 different churches in Lamar, in the outside area, and you're going to find different beliefs. Most of them have the common ones, you know, Jesus is the Son of God, virgin birth, went to the cross, died and rose again. You'll find the common ones. But then there's going to be some that maybe we don't agree. That's why we have denominations. That's why you have churches that don't want a denomination that say, I'm non-denominational. Because we all can't just agree exactly on what we believe. And believe it or not, every church thinks they're right. (laughs) Did you guys know that? I learned this. So it has a lot to do with our beliefs in God. See, we would never expect anything from a God if we don't believe that he's capable of doing what the Bible says. If we look at the the Bible and think, oh, that was for back then and not now, that must be a different God, then why would we ever expect to receive healing or a blessing or anything from the Lord if we don't believe it's the same God that was in the Bible as today? The other part of that, we got to believe the Bible. We can't take away from it. We can't add to it. We got to believe it. And I think we all can think of situations in America today where they're pulling things out of the Bible that I don't agree with and maybe you don't either. They're reading it in a way to where it meets their agenda. And we do not need agendas. We got plenty of those. We need the word. And so our beliefs and our expectations of God have a lot to do with how we believe in God and if the Bible is even real. We know this, but if we don't know this, we need to be confident of it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we don't know that, let's start there. Because the rest of what I'm going to talk about really is probably not going to mean much to you because you're not going to believe it if you don't believe that the God of the Bible is the God today and he is still alive, active, and involved in each one of our lives more than ever. And so we need to make sure We're standing on that foundation to start with. We also need to believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. These are some fundamental things I know you guys know, but we need to hear this before we get into our expectations of God. Because we need to make sure that we're right 
in the right mindset to, to receive it today. I almost changed this many times. I, this could be a series. We could just break down each one of these things before, and then, you know, in five weeks or so, get to what we expect from God. But we're cramming it in. We have got to know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. There is no way to heaven except through him, and by him we are saved. That's it. There's a book called There's a Lot of Good People in Hell. Unfortunately, that's a true statement. It is only through Jesus that we are saved. Being a pastor, I have an opportunity to talk with people maybe I normally wouldn't have. One of the things I've heard recently is, uh, Jesus loves me, I can do whatever. And that's just not true. I'm not the one going to be the judge. I'm glad I don't have to be the judge because I've messed it up long ago. But all I can do is look at the word. And once again, I believe what the word says. And I don't change it, add to or take away. I try to read it for myself and present it the best way possible. So that's one of the lies that I think the enemy is telling America today. Is that you can do whatever you want, be whatever you want. God's going to love you and you're good. I've also heard that if God loves you so much, he wouldn't send you to hell. That's another lie of the enemy. So to be clear, there is only one way through Jesus Christ. The next thing I thought about is maybe some people that were, uh, you know, I mean, it's always in love, but maybe some people that, that don't 100% agree. I was also thinking about what we expect from God determine, is determined by how we look at ourselves in him. See, we would never receive a blessing from the Lord or expect anything from him if we do not feel worthy to receive it. This is something I've been talking to the youth about for a month, two maybe. We are chosen people for such a time as this. There should be no doubt. You are special. You are loved. You are unique. You are wonderfully made. You are here for a purpose. And we've gone through what I call I am statements, if you've ever heard that. And we've even played a game and we've talked about it. And we've had some of the youth sponsors talk about it. And what it comes down to is the youth in America today have a hard time figuring out who they belong to. Their identity is in so many things that the world is pulling them in so many different directions that they can't figure out what's truth or what's not truth. That's also not just youth, that's us. The enemy's not after just the youth. He's after every one of us. So the next thing I decided that I want to talk about is we need to decide who we are. See, you can't expect to receive a thing if you don't know that you're worthy to receive it. And you are. Jesus said you were when he went to that cross. When he came out of that tomb, each one of us that believes in him now has the opportunity to believe and receive from the Lord. Don't let that enemy come in and try to steal that from you. 
Remember, he's just nothing but a little mouse with a megaphone. He's a big mouth, little mouse, and he has no power in your life. We have the victory here, right here. Our self-worth and our identity, if it's not in the Lord, we need to figure out where it is. Here's a self-check. If you're feeling like I'm talking to everybody else but you, I'm talking to you too. You're worthy to receive from the Lord. He said so. I didn't say it. He did. You are worthy to receive from the Lord. Everybody say, I am. I am. am. One more time. I am. That's right. I am worthy to receive from the Lord. Yes, you're welcome to say it all day long. Because we need to hear that over and over and over and over. What I see is, and I'm no expert and I'm fairly new to the ministry, but what I see is if our young people don't get their identity in Christ, the world comes in, Satan and his lies comes in, and they help them find an identity that is not in Christ. Their identity is somewhere. Our, our identities are somewhere in something. We represent someone some way every day. Whether it's when we go to work, whether it's we represent our, our work, our family, we represent somebody. We need to make sure we represent Christ first. Because that's where our identity needs to be. One of the things that when I was overseas, you know, I knew that Iraq or Kosovo was not my home. I was thankful for that, you know, but I didn't want it to be my home. But my home was America. The whole time I spent overseas, I was a U.S. citizen. I never looked at that as my home. We need to get that same mindset right now in the Christian and the spiritual realm. This is not our home. Heaven is our home. We need to have that mindset as this is temporary. I'm just here for a season and I'm going home. That's where my mindset is. That's where my citizenship is, is the kingdom of God in heaven. And we need to be so bold and confident that no one can take that away. We need to take this word. See, if you take Joe Costley's word for it, you're, you're probably going to fail because I'll fail. I'll let you down. But you need to see the word. You need to read it. You need to make it yours. And you need to ask the Holy Spirit to make it alive in your life and as I do in mine. It's amazing, as Paul said, the more I know is the more less I know. I probably paraphrased that wrong. But I can relate to that. We grow and we grow and we grow and we realize, wow, God, you're so awesome. I just feel blessed to be worthy to be even here. So speaking life has a lot to do with who we believe we are. This is another thing that we talk about in, on Wednesday nights with the youth. Proverbs 18.21 says, The life and death is in the power of the tongue. So once again, if you're struggling today with believing that you're here for a purpose and you are uh, blessed and we worthy to receive from the Lord boldly with expectations, if that's you today, you need to start speaking 
the truth over your life. Power of life and death is in the tongue. This is a very literal statement. If we go around saying, oh, my joints hurt, my back's killing me, and, uh, you know, just so tired I can't go on, what do you think you're going to have? Back pain, joints, and be tired all the time. Now, I should say me, if I say this, because I'm the one who needs to hear this probably more than anybody today. I've been tired a lot lately. But I'm so blessed to be able to actually stand before you and humbly say, I need to practice what I preach. Because... I am strong and mighty and energetic and worthy and everything else I need to get through these days, as we all do. So power in life's in the tongue. If you're struggling with that today, you need to go home and you need to start writing statements that are true out of the scripture and verbally speak them into existence right now. Here's why. The more you speak the word of God, the more alive and active it becomes in your life. So we need to speak it. And that has a lot to do with our identity. If we're struggling with our identity and we can't even imagine that God would bless us, we need to get rid of those thoughts, put pure thoughts in there and start speaking them today. I'm blessed to have my mom and dad... My uncle and my grandma here. They had to speak a lot of life over me for a few years. So glad they did. There's somebody right now that maybe is the prodigal son or daughter. Maybe there's somebody that you love that you know is struggling. Speak that life. Speak it over them. Believe it. And then our expectations have a lot to do with how we look at what the will of God is on our lives. This is one where you might see a little difference in denominations. I do not believe it is God's will for us to be sick. I don't believe it. John 10.10. Let's turn there. John 10.10. When this verse hit me, and I realized what it was saying, and I started applying it, it changed pretty much my belief system in the Lord. John 10.10. It says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. New King James Version says, life more abundantly. That's the will of our Father for us today. If there's anything else the way Joe Costley looks at it, if there's anything else that the devil is throwing at your face and lying to you, you need to stand on this word. I need to stand on this word. We need to stand on this word. Every day. Life more abundantly. Life to the full. That's why we need to stop speaking death over ourselves. That's not the will of God. 
And so our expectations of what the Lord is going to do in our life have a lot to do with what we believe the will is, in our, God's will is in our life. I've met some well-meaning, good Christian people that have told me that the disease that they have was a blessing from the Lord. And I do not believe that. I believe that is a lie from the enemy. And if there's those here today, or maybe they can hear me, that challenge that, let's talk. Now, do we have sicknesses? Unfortunately. Do we have back pains? Unfortunately. Do we die? Yes. But it is not the will of the Father that we suffer. I don't read more abundant life and life to the full as being in pain while we're still here. Now, does it happen? Yes. We know Paul was shipwrecked and he was all these things. You know, do bad things happen? Yeah. But I want us to look at a verse. And I I, I saw this the other day and it really opened my eyes. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. So 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, you guys heard this before. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So obviously I was looking up what God's will is when I came to this verse, right? The Lord put it on me. And then I did a Devo over the same verse. Do you notice that it says in all circumstances, not for all circumstances? Because not everything that's on you right now is from the Lord. I don't want to give the devil a whole bunch of credit or recognize him any more than he is. But we need to know that that is not God's will for your life. And even though something bad might be going on, we can still be thankful while we're in the trial because we know the victory is coming. Yes. Do we, do we see it where we don't see that victory until we get to heaven? Yes. It happens. But Jesus came to give us life. Life more abundantly and to the full. So our expectations of what we're going to receive from the Lord have a lot to do with how we view what the will of God is for our lives. So maybe maybe you've read that 1 Thessalonians a lot. But remember, I have too. Remember, we're to be thankful in the situation, not for the situation. (laughs) sometimes I get to rambling and I got to go back to my notes and I'm thinking, where am I at? You know what I mean? So real quick, we're going to go through a few more scriptures and we're getting ready to have a time of, uh, with the Lord an altar time. But the first one is one we've already talked about when it's talking about that ongoing expectation we know John 3.16. I heard a, a stat the other day from a speaker, and it used to be, you know, 90% of the Midwest knew John 3.16. And according to this statistic, that only 30% of youth know what John 3.16 is now. You know, us people that have been going to church forever, we think, oh, that's absurd. You know, everybody knows that. The people got it on, secular people use it. But it, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit. 
And so sometimes verses that we, we all know, uh, I tend to just kind of glance at, you know, and mention, but we need to read it. So everybody turn to John 3.16. And really, you need to read the before and the after, but you guys can do that on your own. John 3.16. Most of you can quote it. I know that because you don't even worry about turning there. You know it. For God so loved the world that's right, that he gave his one and only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If you doubt that today, we need to spend some time in prayer. That's where that expectation comes from of that eternal life through Jesus. So I am confident that if you believe that, you can say boldly, proudly, I expect to see God in heaven. I have that expectation in my life and I know that I know that I know that I know that it will come true. I expect it. We can also, not to throw out a curveball, but we, it also says that every knee will bow and that we will give an account for every loose word that came out of our mouth. So everybody's going to see Jesus. It's whether or not we get a stay or, you know, we got to take the stairs down kind of thing. That's what it matters. That's when it matters because we get to choose now. Also, another continuous ongoing expectation I think about is when we pray. Maybe pray for the loved ones. As my family prayed for me for many years. As we pray those prayers for our loved ones, do we believe that they're going to come true? And I put this under the category of ongoing expectations because sometimes you got to pray a long time. But as we pray for each other, do we come to that throne room bold, confident, knowing that our prayers are heard? See, I don't think we need a bunch of wimpy Christians. Don't take offense to that. I'm not calling you that. But I think we need some warriors. I think we need to be armored up with the armor of God, ready to walk into battle, knowing that when we pray, it moves mountains. And if we're not there today, let's pray together. Let's help each other. Build that up. That doesn't just happen. You know, you know it says in the Bible that we're to go from the, the, the spiritual milk up to the meat. The liquid to the good stuff. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there. It could be, you know, your whole life. It could be just a few years. But we need to make that transition. And in that transition is where you're going to find the confidence needed to walk boldly into the throne room. I haven't always walked boldly. Sometimes the Satan still, you know, whispers that lie in my ear. Like, who are you? Don't you know what you've done? Doesn't matter. Does not matter what our past is. We, today, get a chance to make that transition from the pure, pure spiritual milk into the meat of the word and build that relationship with us. So it looks like there's going to be two topics spoke about tonight. 
And hopefully you eat before we get there in case I go long then too. Uh, But we're going to be talking tonight about what we expect when we present our request to God. We're going to be looking at James 1, 6 through 8. I'm going to read it real quick. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. That verse is what led to this whole message. Because I had to say, well, what am I expecting? There's a lot of times, praise team, if you guys want to come on up. There's a lot of times we can look at other people's problems and we can see the seeds that they're sowing. It's easier to look at someone else on our own. It's easy to look at someone else and say, well, yeah, what did you expect whenever, you know, you go off and run around wild and you do this and you do that? What did you expect? The opposite is true. If you read the, the promises of Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, the rest of the chapter is going to tell you what happens if you don't. It's good to read the whole chapter. But if we live for the Lord, if we live for the Lord and we believe in Him, we can expect the Lord to move in our lives. Jesus said it took a faith of a mustard seed. Sometimes I wonder how much faith I have if it's not even the size of a mustard seed because I got a mountain that needs to move. But sometimes I got to realize maybe God's telling me I need to pick up a shovel. Maybe I need to do my part. Maybe the seeds that are sown, I'm expecting a harvest, but I've been sowing the wrong seeds. Probably ought to stop there because I'm getting worked up and we're gonna, we need to go into tonight with that one. Also going to be looking at Isaiah 58, verse 4. It says, your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and striking each other with a wicked fist. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. That's some hard truth. And then we're going to get in to how sometimes God answers us, but it's not the way we wanted him to. So our expectations are wrong. We have these good expectations and they should be right, but sometimes they're wrong. We're going to be looking at Naaman and how he had expectations of to be healed. He made the journey. He expected to be healed. But when he got told to dip in the river, he said, nope, that's not what I was expecting. I'm out. And the slave servant said, if you're going to do something awesome, how simple is this? Why don't you just do it? And he did. But it wasn't to his expectations. So today the altar call could be anything. If you just need to go to the Lord... These altars are open. If you need prayer on on maybe what you believe and and maybe to to strengthen that or maybe to receive Christ, I ask that you you come to me or or Gary, if you don't mind being prepared to to pray for people. 
But the big thing I want us to ask us during this song and this altar time is this. What are our expectations of God? It's going to force you to figure out what we believe. Do we believe God is capable to move mountains in our life today? And if he is, is he going to? He says he wants to hear from us. Do we believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever according to what the scripture says? We need to find out if we believe that or not. If we don't, we need to come to the Lord and, and get strengthened. And we need to know that John 10.10 10 says that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Everything else is from the, the devil. Stealing, killing, and destroying our youth, our marriages, our country. Maybe that's what we need to come to the altar for. We just need to pray for this country. And this church. And each other. And somebody who's not here today. And somebody who may be here before and they haven't came back. Let's lift them before the Lord today.